Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RU Instant Reaction Review. I am your host, RUScreening.com's own Mark Eastman. And with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And once again, we have like some dogs trailing around. So dogs and sniffles. So uh, this week it's the judge. Yeah. And uh, we, you know, we don't have a whole lot of other stuff except uh, I was going to kind of run through some of what's coming. Yeah. Because man, uh, this summer was like every week we're like, uh, I guess this is the what movie. Is yeah. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden. Everything. Everything. I know. Uh, the it's whole, weird. The whole movie year is getting really weird. It is I, – I was also going to say, um, it, you know, it's getting to be that time of year again. Yeah. Bizarrely Great. enough, it's like moving into award season <laughs> yeah. faster than you think. And uh, so before too long, we will already be into that season where we – you know, we've got like two or three movies yeah. a week and everything. And, you know, that's just in line with all the movies that are going to come out. But, man, the stuff that's coming out, it's crazy. If if you haven't been to the theater a lot this year yet, right, right, the time is coming that you need to go. Um, and I do want to say, speaking of award season, uh, I just have to give a shout-out to the uh, Critics' Choice Movie Awards. Is, uh, it's been announced now, the official date and everything. It's going to be... 15th yeah. of January. I hope I'm not getting that right. wrong. Yeah, I'm almost positive yeah. that it's the 15th. And uh, it's going to be on A&E now. A&E has uh, That's joined the family or whatever. It was on VH1 for at least the last two years. Might be three, but um, I always thought that was at least two. An interesting pairing. I mean, it it was an, I really it was an that interesting was a, pairing, but, uh, fit, but I don't know. I guess we're uh, we're, cli- we're climbing up now. The next rung on the ladder is A and E. At some right. point, maybe we'll be on a major network. Yeah. And uh, you know, speaking mm-hmm. of not being on major networks, uh, it's baseball time oh, now. Yeah. <laughs> and. And what is up with the major networks, like, not showing up for having the playoff games? It's bizarre. It's weird. Anyway, I'm, like, I'm like trying to record them. <laughs> I'm, like, looking through the guide. I'm like, wait, what now? And it's, <laughs> right. it's on channel it 232 on? Yeah, or right. something. Anyway, um, but that's uh, very cool. And it's going to be at the uh, Hollywood Palladium, which is uh, a step very up cool. Well. Yep. Uh, that's going to be a really cool show. And uh, so January 15th on A&E, which is a very interesting choice of a partner yeah. and uh, should be a really good show. Um, but coming up, I just want to run through a little bit of, of what's coming up. Is next week is uh, Fury right. and uh, the Book of Life, yep. Men, Women, and Children, which that's I, I think only in a small release next week, but we'll be opening uh, wider. But that looks really cool. Yeah. Uh, the best of me, which is uh, the thing that a lot of people will get roped into yeah. watching on date night or something. Right. <laughs> That's the uh, um, Nicholas Sparks yep. uh, latest thing. And you've also got like some other smaller things that, you know, depending on where you are, uh, but Camp X-Ray, yep. that actually looks pretty cool. Uh, I'll have a review of that up pretty soon yeah. on the site. Um, but that is a kind of interesting and yet sort of crazy uh, kind of a deal there. Right. Then you've got uh, some smaller things, felony, rudderless. Um, the next week, White Bird and a Blizzard, which is getting all kinds That's of talk. Yeah. Uh, everybody is talking about that one. And you've got John Wick, <laughs> which is the, ver- the, the very yeah. odd – Keanu Reeves yeah. uh, is a uh, assassin coming out of retirement or whatever. You know, we saw the trailer for that, I think last week, maybe. Yeah, I think it, and, it um, must have been last week. Maybe even two weeks ago. I don't know. But uh, not that long ago we saw it. And it's a very strange uh, thing because it just feels, you know, I asked you if it was based on something. It feels like something that came from something else. Right. It just feels like a graphic novel. And instead we just, Went straight to the movie, I guess. Yeah, uh, I guess. Uh, I don't know, but looks kind of interesting. And he comes out of retirement, and yet he's apparently like a legend or something. Right. And 
you've got like the the new <laughs> the new young pups who aren't scared of him or, or no you know clue, they're yeah. they're too stupid to be scared of him right. or you know whatever that is and then uh still next still the following week um that same week St. Vincent which is uh Bill That's Murray awesomeness yeah. and yeah. Uh, everybody loves him in that too and you've got uh Laggies with uh Kira Knightley and then you've got Ouija, Ouija, right? However you pronounce the the scary movie there. Yeah. And then on the thirty first, opening on Halloween, you've got Horns, yeah, uh, which people have been talking about forever too. Yep. And uh, Nightcrawler, which looks just crazy enough to work. Right. It, it looks really, really crazy. Yeah. And it's it's uh, it's a very strange thing that movie when we uh, finally got to see some. Uh, like extended trailer, like some clips and stuff like that, because uh, it's Jake Gyllenhaal and he wants to like become a reporter. So he just does. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So he just gets a camera and just goes, this is a job I want. So I'm just going to go do do it. it. And then I'll, and then I'll send the footage to the news and make them pay me for it or whatever. Right. And so he's just driving around looking for accidents or crimes or whatever could happen. And he's a little bit of a nut job. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I that mean, all helps. All put together, it looks it looks obviously crazy, but it looks like it could be very interesting. And you've got before I go to sleep, and then the next week, um, we're still not even Hopefully. like a full month away. I know this is so weird. And and you've got Interstellar, uh, which is obviously going to be the biggest thing ever, and right. Big Hero Six. Yeah. The, which I'm real interested in. And the Theory of Everything, which is like a movie that you would think, if you saw it on paper, no one would ever want to go see. <laughs> and yet, people are talking <laughs> right, about it. I mean, I mean, if there was no movie and yeah. no plot, and somebody just said, this, this, this is what this we're going to do, you'd right. go, well, knock yourself out, <laughs> <laughs> right. whatever. Put yourself in And yet, seat. everybody's talking about it yeah, and saying, saying pretty positive things about it. Yeah. And then you've got uh, some more horror with Jezebel, and then you've got like this thriller open windows thing. So, I mean, that is all like the November 7th weekend. All yeah. those movies between now and then, that's not even a full month from now. Well, it's, it's and strange that is for like me. a lot of that's a lot choices of to make. It's strange for me to just imagine a month from now is, you know, not even a month is November. Right. Like, time is just going by so quick. It's weird. But it, it's strange. You know, there's a lot of films. And I said this to you last night when we left The Judge. Which is it? It feels weird to just do one movie right, on the show. Right. We've been juggling two or three for a while, but when this season kicks in, it, we're all you know often just doing two, three uh, at a time. And this is a fun list of stuff to look through. Right. Once it gets going, we will. And and you know, if you go, I'm not even going to go any farther than that because if you go all the way to the end of November, oh my God. right? I mean, then like there's one after another, after everything. Another. There's like four or five movies a week that you're going to want to see. Yeah. And going through the summer, which now this we talk about this a lot, but this just seems crazy for me. Going through the summer, the uh, the whole time, if you were going to the movie, you pretty much got like your one choice, right? And now that it's now that it's mid October, all of a sudden, if you just go, ah, let's go to the movies, and you just don't even know, and you just show up, and yeah. then you have to pick. Right. I mean, you're going to be you're in a little bit of issues there yeah, for right. a while, right? You gotta, yeah. There are so many choices coming. Anyway. Um, just like this week, you could go. Well, uh, and it's see funny the judge it, or Dracula, and it right? depends on your mood. Because when we showed up to see the judge, you were just like, "I'm in really a Dracula mood right now." You know, I'm thinking, "Well, we could switch, but that's really not the mood to go in to see the judge on." I don't think. <laughs> right. No, 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 maybe we'll find out. But uh, yeah, okay. So the judge, and we do have some uh, interview clips this week, and yeah, uh, you awesome. know, not still, still not really a lot of emails. We got a couple of emails, yeah. although. I don't know that they were necessarily uh, super questiony. It's uh, you know we love getting emails, and uh, everyone who sends us emails is uh, awesome. Yeah, just by definition, right? Right. We got one. Uh, we got like three that basically had the same thing to say. Yep. And uh, it was because of last week, right? Yep. Because we had our big difference last week. Right. And the biggest we've had so far. And, and everybody loved that. And uh, we got some emails basically that said I was insane, <laughs> which wow. which you're going to get. Sure. You but, get those um, all the time anyway. Well, right. I mean, that's... <laughs> I send you those that, daily. <laughs> that's like, just the thing. Right. Um, 
then yours always comes with one of those little cool card memes or something. Oh, yeah. So those are yeah, fun. Right. Anyway, um, <laughs> but you got a couple, and I oh, and I didn't print them out, and I don't remember them. Oh, they, this they is were, convenient. They were the uh, <laughs> same general idea. I but I remember one. Okay, hit me with it. I, I love it. When I, I remember. I remember the name of one. I, don't even I, know I if didn't I'm print them out, out so I don't know who they're from. Was it a compliment or I get called out on something? Uh, you got a little bit called out. All right, but I not, love it. But at the same time, not really. Well, but I do remember one because uh, the, the, the I remember the person. I didn't uh, write, I, before. I didn't email them all out. But oh. one of them was Kenneth, and I only remember this because uh, I'm reading the email and and it's signed at the bottom and it says Kenneth from Kensington. Okay. And all I could think was, dude, your name's Ken. <laughs> you're not. I know Look you, at you. You're alienating the listeners. I, I am. Listen, no, Ken, Kenneth. It's all Ken, right. if you're out there. You can't be Kenneth from Kensington. You're just he, trying he, to play with the fact that oh, your name okay. is not Ken from Kensington. <laughs> All right. Well, what was Kenneth? Anyway, but it was just so awesome that I couldn't forget yeah, that. Right, right. Of course. Um, but basically, the overall thing uh, was uh, people were kind of calling you out a little bit on rating it a little too high because huh. uh, okay. you were agreeing with all of the things that I didn't like. Yeah. And then saying, but I didn't care. Right. And uh, the general gist of it was, we've been listening to you, right. and you don't like all these things, and you you know then you rate other movies lower, yep. basically saying the exact same thing. Yeah, I, I loved the beginning. Yeah. I, I liked a lot of the movie, and then at the end it got really stupid. I agree with you that it got really stupid, but this yeah. time I don't care, and those times I did care. I think that there's always going to be, and and that's awesome for and, Kenneth and, and, and I'm for totally, anybody else. I'm totally throwing you under the bus. No, here, no, that's cool, and except I love it. It's not like I haven't done that. No, no, I think, and I think everybody does that. If you, you know, if if you know, hypothetically, this person says, you know, I really love this film, or I love this song, or if it, if you love something like Hotel California, and I play you a bunch of songs that aren't Hotel California but are like that. And they don't affect you the same way. You know, there's something about that one experience or maybe that one movie or whatever that is. You know, you read a lot of the same books. If you read a lot of thrillers, they're all after a while still kind of the same story in a way. But you have your favorites because something speaks to you. Right. I can see the faults. And I, and I remember saying this. Worked. For some reason, I, I enjoyed and, and it is not wholly because I know the name you know, the names behind the curtain. I, I love David Fincher as a filmmaker. Right. For the most part. There are a couple things that he's done, but really, I'm a big fan of his, so I like his style. And when that's at play, and and though I'm not the hugest Ben Affleck fan, I do like watching Ben Affleck yeah. when he's capable. And in this, he was certainly very capable. Right. And I thought when, all the when, strings were when very well. When he's doing good it's great work, he's, he's, he's really he's good. He's really great. And I understand how everything happens to get to a person like you specifically where you're like the last 20 minutes are just off everything. Right. Like, and, and I see that I've had so much fun to get to that point. I, I'll let it go. Right. And every once in a while, as long as I feel like you can call yourself out on it. And I remember saying this last week too, not just to defend myself, but you know, if I feel like I'm being hypocritical, I'd like to be the first to call it. Cause it feels a little less stingy. Right. I I did. I tried to own up to it and just said, I, I see exactly you what know, you're saying, I, but it didn't bother me as I, much. I think that uh, in your defense, not that you need me to come to oh, your no. defense. Well, but let's hear it first. I think that uh, kind of in your defense, if you if you just listened to <clears throat> last week's show, I think where the difference might be, and I could be wrong because I'm not you, but yeah. I think where the difference might be, because there are a lot of other movies that we've reviewed where we have both basically said the same same kind of thing, where it's like, oh, I, I you know, I liked it all yeah. the way up until all of a sudden it just jumped off a cliff at the end, and right. now I hate it, right? right? And I think the difference would be how much you liked the first part, right. because there are a lot of other movies where, you know, it's not like it was ten until right. it got to the end, and then now it's a two, right? <laughs> you know, we've it, had it's, those, but it's that like, wasn't it. It's like it was, you know, like a seven or eight until yeah. it got to the end, and then it was horrible, and so now it's a three, right? Right? Or, right. or it was a six, and then when we talk about the movie during the show, then we're going, oh, I really liked all this stuff that yeah. happened, yeah. And then it makes it sound like you liked it more than right. you did, but right. what what you 
what you're going for is that it was like a six or seven or something like that. And this one, there's <laughs> at least some difference there because, yeah. you know, it was like nine or ten the whole time. Yeah. And then when it went Derails, wonky it really at the went. end, it bothered you as much right. because you were at nine yeah, or ten a lot before of or whatever. And, For and, me, I don't care. I think the story right. was stupid. And I think – see, I think you were at a way higher place during all of the other stuff yeah. than I was. Right. I was at, like, a pretty good place, and I liked a lot of it. Right. But there's still – I had other problems with it, too. Yeah. So when it, like, derailed for me, I was kind of already, like, rolling my eyes at stuff. Right. And then it went wonky. And for you, yeah. not as much. Right. right? It, but it's not like – you're in the exact – even though it sounds like you're in the same place as other movies. Right. We weren't – yeah. It's not really the same place. Right. right. And it was – that was a really weird experience seeing the film last week. I had people who'd asked me after we did the show to tell them a little bit more about, like, what I was thinking, what I felt about it. And it was fun because so many of them thought, well, you really just loved it because you loved the book. And I got to say, no, I actually hated the book. I, right. I did not like the book at all, even though I know it was a bestseller and a lot of people I know did enjoy it. I know equally amount who didn't, I wasn't a big fan of the story that, you know, she told in that story. And I thought when I knew they were making it into a movie, I'm like, well, I mean, we will see there was this. It felt originally to me, not as strongly as 50 shades of gray does. Because I know we have to see that film. That's going to be a fun weekend. Valentine's weekend. You and (laughs) I are going to be great together. And that's fine. But I'm just not looking forward to the, to the movie because I loathe the book. Well, and you know, and I this feel was kind like of that way. I, I've had other people actually compare these two books. I've heard uh, that uh, um, in talking about yeah. the upcoming movies, and I haven't read this one at all. Okay? Yeah, right. Um, I've read some of Fifty Shades Grey. Yeah. Because uh, basically, what happened is that eventually enough people read the book, and then my wife's going to read it. Right. And and so then I had, to, and then the movie's coming, so I like started reading it. Right. And I read right. about maybe a quarter of Fifty Shades Grey, and my my wife read the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, and then I said, I just eventually had to turn to her and go, does this get any better? Right. And she said no, and I said, well, then I'm done. Right. I yeah, mean, that's it. <laughs> it's not even like at that point, that book, and now I don't know anything about this book, yeah. but I've heard from you and I've heard from other people that they're kind of comparable. Yeah. Fifty Shades Grey, it's not really whether or not you like the story for me. Right. It's that it is so poorly written. Yeah, the proficiency in writing is just very low. Like bizarre right. that so many people could like it. It's yeah. just, it's just weirdly badly written. I mean, yeah. it's almost like we just skipped an editor and, and said whatever, well, put it out, people will buy it. You right? know, there are these fan, not fan fiction things, but there are these like you know we're coming up on it, the National Novel Writing Month. You know, where people write their books and then they just self-publish. I mean, in some way it felt like that. Gillian Flynn, I know a lot of people like her and I'm not bashing her the same way I would uh, for the Fifty Shades books. But it just wasn't my style. I didn't like it. It was overwritten and it was transparently so. So I was very detached. I didn't like it. And when I found out that Fincher was doing it, I thought, well, all right, that's maybe the only way I'm going to like this story. Maybe that's the only way I'm going to like this story. And I found that. Even though I knew what was happening in the book, I was drawn to it and engaged in a way that was very surprising thematically. Right. And that didn't enhance anything, but man, it made it a lot more fun. And that's, uh, so. you know, that's got to help other things too. If you go into a movie <laughs> reading the book knowing right. that you hate the book, and oh, then man. somehow the movie can make you like it anyway, that's I mean, a big that's, feat. that's kind you of know, a bonus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right, the judge. We got to move on. I think yeah. that's. Uh, that's. But all, we love the emails, and hopefully that's all even the if, other things. Yeah, but even keep, if they keep, keep sending, sending us email, and trashing us, I I love it. That's I don't have a problem doing any of that. Right. I mean, mostly they just say they agree with us, right? Yeah. And then we don't have to say that all the time. Right. That would get bored. Yeah. But, right. Um, okay, the judge, Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Duvall, and uh, you've seen the trailer. It's uh, about you know. Uh, Robert Duvall is this judge in I don't you know Hicksville, Indiana. Indiana I, I don't know right, what yeah. the town is. Um, where that's where Robert Downey uh, Jr. grew up, and now he is like a big shot attorney in New York. He's a, a big defense attorney and really rich and whatever, right? Yeah. And his mom dies, so he has to go back. And conveniently, right when he's there, right, <laughs> um, his his dad gets charged with murder which 
only because of the strange circumstances of who the judge is and who the person he killed is, you know, would this ever be like a murder thing? Right. Uh, it would other otherwise be just like vehicular manslaughter, manslaughter yeah. you know, whatever. And but anyway, because of those circumstances and because of the way things play out, and they have uh, video footage from the security camera of the store, it could easily look like right. it, it really is murder. And um, whether we ultimately think that's what happened or not, it's certainly not like a completely far-fetched thing that right. people would think that, right? And uh, so there's Robert Downey Jr., who is uh, estranged from his father, to say the least. Right. Um, <laughs> they can't stand each other anymore. Yeah. And we get the idea that it's been a really long time since, which uh, the thing that's a little weird, and you don't kind of get this until a little later, I guess, is that like he left and he's never been back for 20 years. Right. Like never, ever. Yeah. And so that is, you know, that's estranged to a whole new level, right? right. I mean, he doesn't want anything to do with the town. And doesn't and, seem and, and to plus, have been in touch with anybody, maybe his brother, but not even a car, like <laughs> right, just right. off the map kind of and thing. And it's, so. uh, it's a little weird because, uh, you know, he, he likes his brothers. He, he loves his brothers fine. He loved his mom and, you know, whatever, but, but just gone. Yeah. And, and not coming back. So you don't really get that exactly from the trailer right. anyway. And then it's just a matter of uh, defending his father, even though he hates him. And so it's like you're forced to kind of reconnect with your dad, at least yeah. to some degree. And then, uh, you know, you can't go home again without having to visit with your ex-girlfriend. Right. Of your, your high school sweetheart. I right. mean, that can't happen. Right? right. Especially if you're in a small town. Right. I mean, you're not going right. to be able to avoid people. That's, right. that's the story we're selling. And uh, and so there it is. And then it's just how all that plays out. So um, we already did not give our ratings right away right. <laughs> because, right. I, because I ran oh, into yeah, we'll... describing the movie. But um, this is actually a movie – when we went into it, I said I might have to call out some critics. Yeah. And because I, I usually don't look at these sort of things, but there are a lot of really bad reviews – for this movie. So if you go on Real Metacritic, harsh. if you yeah. go on Metacritic, like yesterday it was about 43 ish. 48 right now. Well, so that's a little, a little better. A little better. Right. There were there were only like 35 reviews or something at yeah. the time. But that is uh largely because of the the full spectrum right. is oddly I think equally represented. There are a bunch of really low scores. Yeah. And there are a bunch of really high scores, and right. there are a few middle scores. Yeah. But even the middle scores are more like 60s than 40s. You know, yeah. it's, there are a bunch of really yeah. bad reviews. Right. And and I think it's weird. But um, so going into it, I was thinking either this is going to be the most horrible thing that I've ever seen, <laughs> yeah. or I'm going to have to question some people's movie yeah. critic skills. I think. Right. I am really pretty much eight and a half. I was I was wondering with a transition of like being on which side you were going to be, uh, whether you were going to have to admit that they were right and this was a train wreck, or you were going to call a few people out. I, I'm at an eight. You know, I see a lot of the reasons that people critically might not like this. This thing is one stereotype situation after another. Like you went through, you know, right. estranged kid, parent dies, got to come home, small town, got to readjust, right. big fish, little pond, like every stereotype you could think of it, from. From even having, um, you know, a family a family accident, which also does or you know, which which is complicated because your older brother was a sports star and now his career is derailed right, before you right. get, you know every single trope or stereotype that can happen in a drama like this happens right up to maybe maybe this strange you know old flame has my kid. Right. You know right. maybe I'm the father of this kid that I don't nobody ever told me about. Like everything you can throw at the wall. And stick or not stick is in this film. And I see why that's too much for people. Right. You know, write a better story with all the talent on here. Even if it's Duvall and, and, and Downey only, you got a better story because you got all the talent in the world and just these two guys, let alone Vincent D'Onofrio and all these other characters. But still, I got a couple problems with the film. It wasn't perfect, but it's by no means like a 15 that I saw right, or right. a two star out of five. You know, it's not that bad of a film, even with all that oppressive stuff to it. Uh, I think now, uh, for me, going into the, into this movie, like I said, I, I had that going in. Yeah. 
but for me, and this movie even expands in a in a certain way because it's it's even got he's got a, a brother who is you know mentally challenged, yeah, which conveniently gives us all these home movies, right? right? He's right. he's got his video camera and that's like his thing, yeah. So he just <laughs> always shows up with the video camera, yeah. So that conveniently we have just tons of home movies we can go back to and and right. watch and stuff like that. And that's not exactly like, you know, a trope of dramas no. or anything, but it is like a convenient device that we're yeah. using and not necessarily something that adds a lot of stature to your movie, maybe, yeah. or something like that. Uh, it's kind of like a, you know, taking an easy way out in a lot of situations. And they use it more than but once. even, like, oh yeah. They it, use it for both the, the <laughs> legal drama and for the familial stuff. Like right, when right. the father and the son have to get together, like, oh, there's a convenient home movie that shows they were once close. Right. And then it also shows, like, maybe there's some evidence in this movie. Like, right. you know, I mean, it's just, it's there anytime you need it, which right, is right. kind of lazy. And, and uh, it it really is. And, and even when uh, we get to a point, so at at some point earlier in Robert Downey Jr.'s life, right, he was he was on the on the wrong road, yeah. right, and he was on a bad path and right. whatever, right, and it, basically like he was high driving this car, oh yeah, right, and so yeah. when we want to like really smash the family together with that, yeah. we can conveniently have a home movie of that. Right. So I mean, it's like yeah. it's everywhere, right, and I don't love that, but uh, for me. If you're going to like bash this movie for having all these things, you know, at some point, I think there are legitimate things to not like about this movie. Yep. And then after you get past that point, you start rating this movie. Like even Peter Travers gave this like a 30. Yeah, he was real hard on it. I mean, he gave it something really low. And there were a lot of people giving this like 20s. If if you're down in that spectrum, I think you're just like not actually being a movie critic anymore. Right. Then what you're doing is you're just going, "This is a romantic comedy. Here's my rating." Right. Because it it's going to have all the same things. Everything. Yeah. It's going to have you know they're going to meet this place. They're going to not like each other anymore for a while. Then they're going to get back together again. And right. you know whatever it is, you just run down right. the list and go see. And therefore, it's a bad movie because it's. Color it, by, it's yeah. doing all these same things that you expect it to do. It's like if you read the synopsis of this movie, yeah. then you could give your review, right? right? And go, see, it's a three because it's going to do all this stuff the same. Right, I'm going to have right. to sit through all this crap I've seen before. He's going to go to his small town. Now, there are certain ways in which uh, this movie oversells a lot of yeah. those types of things, I guess, right? Yeah. Where, uh, you know, for one thing, like the town is too small and too big in where they in, need it in various ways when they need it to be little for whatever they want it yeah. to be. Right. He drives into town and there's like a dad <laughs> loading up his kids and yeah. the fishing poles and stuff. And it's like we're in Mayberry. Yeah. There are ways in which they make the town small such that if it were that small, it wouldn't even have a court. Right. <laughs> right. You'd have to go to the next town for I mean, you know, we got these towns. We're like from this place in our own special way, yeah, right? Right. I mean, there's you don't have to go very far from where we are to be in the small towns that they're trying that to they're sell trying this to is that small. But then on the on the flip side of it, it's like the town also has all these bigger things right. that it can't be that big and that and small that, yeah. in the same town. Right. And and make all that work and it's like so many things are like so overselling the small townness yeah. of stuff when it doesn't need to. And then you end up with things that I think actually are like serious flaws that are hard to overlook, right. like Dak Shepard. Yeah. Uh, and, and I actually like him. I like him in this. And the fact that like this character was in this, the way that it was, it was really kind yeah. of like. Barney Fife was in the movie. It was a Jar Jar Banks kind of thing. Uh, it, like, it really is like a, a panhanded, you know, real pandering attempt to try to facilitate this character because we want him. Right. It's he doesn't like, fit, but we're going like, to this is this is how lawyers are here. Right. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, the dude's a judge for like 42 years. Right. It wasn't Dak Shepard like on yeah. every case or anything like that. There are lawyers there. It's There's all this stuff where it's like a bigger town. But then, like I said, it's 
it's so small that he wants a lawyer. He's got to go to right. this guy who has an antique store. <laughs> yeah, right. And like upstairs in a closet, he's got like his law office, <laughs> right? Yeah, which he does on the side. Yeah, because that's what you can get for a lawyer there. Right. And uh, you know, Billy Bob Thornton has to come in from Gary. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Big <laughs> to big, big step. Uh, to uh, do the prosecution because he's worried that whatever, you know. And, and I understand, just, to, just as a quick aside, like I understand that whole scene. It's set up there to really facilitate the audience. If you don't have a clue, you know, if for some reason you're new to the planet and you've never seen Robert Downey Jr. in anything, like you're supposed to understand that he's faster on his feet, much smarter, much more capable as a right. lawyer. Dax Shepard is this foil, but man, do they push the foil? Well, like he basically stands up, he doesn't, but he's one scene short of standing up, and his shoelaces are tied together. Right, this right. Is, this is how he's, bad it is. He's like he's so bumpkin that it yeah. takes away what you're trying to sell by his bumpkinness, really, right. because right. he's like gone too far. And uh, and I like Dax Shepard in general, and it was just it just went wrong. And the thing that is the worst about it for me is that the real reason for him to do that is for Robert Downey Jr. to be able to say like, you know, object, you can't prove eye contact, right? Like there's all these things about running a defense trial, but he doesn't know what to object to or how to work it. And you just want to show that Downey Jr. has, has the goods of being a defense attorney. He really is really good at being a defense attorney. And you don't need him to be like a stooge right. to do that. Right. He just has to be like a kind of unexperienced lawyer. I yeah. mean, I mean, quite yeah. frankly, yeah. all lawyers are – You know, it, nobody like launches out of the gate right. and is the guy the that Dowdy you know? Jr. is now, yeah, right? right? He he just has to be you know, not that experienced, right. but they go way too far. They but do. anyway, so those are all the things that we uh, don't like. I mean, there are, well, there, there, there are other bunch. things to not like, too. There's a too. yeah. I mean, but it, the good things, I think, are I, I think if there's any chance of this being a good movie, right. it is. Right. I, I mean, if there's right. any way that you can watch this movie. Now, on another note of this, I don't know that this is a movie that I ever need to watch again because it's kind of done its thing. A lot of you, you know types I, of movies, I feel that way. Like I'm, I'm happy to see it once. Right. But I don't really have to do this again, even though it was powerful i mean and again this is this has got something for everyone and and i've heard a lot of people talk about the running time and it's man for us it's it's, long it's just under two and a half hours right that's a lot of stuff and there's a lot of stuff that could and it doesn't need to be very streamlined i mean there are things mistakes in the movie that i i know are are interesting like one scene in particular where robert downey jr finally accepts that he's going to stay in mayberry for a while and help his dad because his right. dad finally comes around to it and he goes through his own stuff puts on his old shirt goes for a bike ride and i'm thinking this is interesting because when he falls a missed opportunity here is like the guy that his dad supposedly kills was on a bike and i'm thinking he's going to put something together here like right. there's a parallel to how he just fell and how maybe his dad didn't kill this right. person but it only exists so that he can get in the car with his old girlfriend again. Right. And that whole scene is there to create awkward comedic tension. And it's, it is funny and it's weird and it's work. It works. But man, is it just long. And it, is, it is. It's, it's too long and it's, it's a weird thing, I think, because, you know, this movie could be like an hour and 45 minutes and it would be, be, and so be just as good. Yeah. And, you know, like you said with that scene, I think that is a good example. I think that scene does a lot of good things, actually, because. Yeah. There is this kind of point that he gets to where he's, you know, it's 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 got there's a bigger picture going on that he puts on that shirt and rides his bike, right? Because there's there's a little bit of him like kind of accepting that you know his whole life there didn't just suck every right, day, right? right? And so he he's taking a bike ride or whatever, and then it leads us into, you know, obviously if a car drives by when you fall, we know who it's going to be, right. which is a little cheesy, but, yeah. you know, there are certain things you have to accept you do about yeah, movies, right. Right? right, that, you know, some things happen, and even um, when he starts getting into the whole awkward phase with, uh, uh-huh. it's Vera Farmiga is, right. and she's play, plays his high school sweetheart, yeah. And uh, Leighton Meester, or yep. however you pronounce her name, she is Vera Farmiga's daughter, right. who Robert Downey Jr. at one point, completely unknown of 
any familial Relation. connection or whatever, like hooks up with her in a bar one night. Right. And then has to find out that, you know, whatever. I mean, then hilarity ensues. We'll right. But, um, but the things that the movie does good, I thought I'm, I'm watching it going, why do I not like this? I mean, right. it's, it's not, it's maybe kind of not my favorite kind of movie anyway. Right. But it was doing everything. The thing that was weird about it is, you know, I'm kind of sitting there watching this thinking, you know, there are reasons that there's another romantic comedy every four months. And there are yeah. reasons that there are, you know, that certain movies where you go, oh, I've seen that movie a thousand times. And they're making it again. And sometimes there's like a reason that they make it right. because somebody has something else to do with it, maybe. Right. Or because, you know, you just want to romantic comedy every once in a while because that's right. what you want to watch, right. right? Whatever. Right. But in this movie, a lot of the stuff was clearly the same stuff that you've seen before. But I got to tell you, I liked a lot of it a lot better than I've ever liked it before. Yeah. There was a lot of the stuff in this movie that is kind of like the cheesy crap that you see, like in the script, it's like this is this cheesy crap script scene. Right. That's like what it says right. in the script, and yet when they do it, you know, it's a lot of it is just so much more how it would actually happen that I really appreciated yeah. the way that they were doing it. Even like the goofy scenes with his daughter. Yeah. When we first see him with his daughter and he has to go and they're talking about grandpa and I think you get some of that in the trailer. You do a little, yeah. And then when his daughter comes to like visit him yeah. and like their interactions and stuff, I, you know, there was so much less trying to oversell yeah. real things, you know? <laughs> yeah. And there was a lot of that, whether it was with his brothers and what would happen when you come back home. 20 years later, and, uh, you know, if he left 20 years ago and hasn't really been in touch with his family, there's a sense in which he just screwed up Vincent D'Onofrio's life, (laughs) and he's just come back to that, right? And, you know, all the stuff that happens with, you know, when he's with his daughter, you don't have to, like, beat that a thousand times. You just have to kind of go see there's this right and it just happened and And a lot of it felt like so much more natural and real than in a lot of movies yeah and robert downey jr and robert duvall were both awesome i thought in almost everything they did there were a couple of times that actually you know this is weird but there were a couple of times i didn't like robert duvall that much really and uh there were a couple there were a couple times where i thought you know it was it was so in contrast to everything else in the movie because yeah. so much of what I liked was like, so just do that. I get it now. Right. And let's move on. And right. there were a couple of times when Robert Duvall's character, I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know? Right. I get that he's yeah. – uh, you know, really all you needed was uh, – him giving Robert Downey Jr. crap about not backing into the driveway. Right. And you go, okay, so he's that dad. Yeah, right. We've got right. that. And then, you know, they're like, we don't need to keep going yeah. uh, about some things. And and I didn't love some of that. But the parts where he was good, he was really good. And yeah. I, thought, I thought Robert Downey Jr. was – the only thing I didn't like about Robert Downey Jr. was that he was a little bit too close to, like, Iron Man the Lawyer. You know, yeah. he was like a little too similar to the character that, that Tony he Stark that he plays, yeah. right? Other than that, though, I thought he was really good. First and foremost, the you know the the first best thing about this film is the cast. You know, all the way around, I agree with you completely. If if you have other characters in here, that's the weirdest argument to take anyway. But the movie certainly falls apart because one of the best things about this isn't that I need to be in front of, you know, Robert Duvall, who's amazing. The guy's a stud. And, I mean, he still looks like he did 25 years ago, which is kind of a little older around the edges. But, you know, you don't need him to prove Robert Downey Jr. or vice versa. You just have to put these guys on set and let the camera go. And they're perfect at what they're doing, except maybe one of the things that I've seen people criticize is that they're just doing themselves. Like Robert Duvall is just this cantankerous old guy with this voice and this, you know, aggression and Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man, right. you know, but it, it works, you know, and it works good. Um, it works throughout the film. Man, if just 
if just the uh, the pacing and some of the story elements were different, it would have been like you said. If it was, God, two hours and twenty one minutes. I mean, at least a half hour gone. Right. And it would have been just so sharp. And they, it's interesting that they want to put so much emphasis, I think, on you know the reuniting of father and son that they do it in the courtroom, which right. is very typical, and you can see that coming. But I didn't care. Like, again, I was having so much fun watching right. those two guys with all the other characters around them. Normally, I would think Vincent D'Onofrio needs more to do, but he was in it the right amount. The, like, all the supporting characters were doing their bit. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I, I'm going to chime in right there yeah. because we got a clip of uh, Robert Downey oh, yeah. Jr. talking well, about uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. And uh, we'll just throw that one out there because okay. it's right what you're talking about. Uh, and it's kind of cool. I had such massive expectations of Vince D'Onofrio because he's just, to me, he, he's, he's one of the greats. And then not only, in fact, did he not disappoint, but he's exceeded my expectations as just someone I've become friends with, someone that um, I've been in a bunch of scenes with, someone that as soon as we had the first read-through, we were like, we have to expand Glenn's character. He's way too important to the story. And then uh, what's emerged in the shooting of the film, uh, everyone has said pretty much is we're realizing this is as much a story about the brothers as it is about the father and son. Yeah. And, you know, I think that what's almost kind of odd about the movie in the fact that I like it so much and I think it's done so well is that uh, Robert Downey Jr. and uh, his father – Right. right. Uh, clearly have this massive divide. Yeah. And we don't get to the whole ins and out of, outs of it and all the reasons behind it for a while. But clearly right. he has the same sort of thing with his brother, except that you have that differently with your brother. Right. Right. And right. and they don't really have so much of, a, you know, like they've just grown to hate each other as they have this big event yeah. that is is in their life. And what I love about this movie is they get enough time with each other. And apparently we expanded that a little right. So, so that they, good. so that they would have yeah. more, but they never actually do anything with it. Right. Just like real people are right. They never actually like, yeah. you know, sit down and go, Hey, hey sorry, sorry about your that arm thing. or whatever. Yeah. They just sort of exist at each other in like what I thought was like this really perfect way. You know, they talk about things and they yeah. very pointedly don't talk about other things. You know, there are times when they sit there and they're just like looking at each other and they're just like mentally having the conversation yeah. at each yeah. other. And you see it. And it's like perfect and real. And I thought that was like really yeah. uh, a good way to go with everything, you yep. know, so that, so that we don't just sit around and I don't know. I don't know what you would do, but in another movie, it would be you know, different. they would they would like have it out for they a would, while yeah, right. and whatever, right? Well, in another movie, you know, you get this moment where the the estrangement between Downey and Duvall is so much that <clears throat> D'Onofrio, man, there's a lot of D's in these in this cast. Yeah, but exactly. D'Onofrio basically says to his wife and to his kids, like, look, look, we're going to the bar, and he's like, no, we're not. He's like, we're getting a drink. They go out, and at this point, I think in another film, in a very stereotypical easy film, these guys get a little drink. And then they start swinging at each other because they're brothers. Right, and they, they got every reason in the world. And one of them says tearfully, and, "You ruined my life." And right, he's like, I, right, "You know, there's exactly. that scene." And I'll be, I'll be damned if I don't feel better about the film despite not loving every part of it because it didn't go that way. It right. takes the easy way out on so many things, except like except the really when it important really ones, needed to do right? it right. And that, it, that's respectful. Like I give right. that props to that. And, and and that's not just that case. There's all these little you you know with a familial drama about broken families you've got that every turn throwing a legal battle you've got all these legal things we're so used to seeing like there's all these little places they could have done these things right you bring somebody in who chews scenery in the best of ways i mean that as a compliment with billy bob thornton who's the prosecutor right. and he's got a bunch of ways to just blow this thing up as a stereotype right. and they just restrain or yeah. they do it right you and, know? and even even the part where uh he starts you know getting back together, whatever it is that happens with Vera Farmiga. Right. It's really funny because uh, in a lot of ways, he he leaves for 20 years and he comes back right where he was. Right. And, yeah. and he, you know, he comes back and within a, you know, within a couple of hours of seeing his old girlfriend, right. they're making out again. Yeah. 
and uh, you know he's he's like right back with his brother as kind of as though he never left, right? Which um, you know it's very weird, but the way that they kind of pull this together, you almost want to think that's kind of goofy because. Yeah. You know, but, you know, then again, I don't know if you've ever uh, not seen somebody for 20 years right. that you were like really good friends with yeah. or something like that. And then you go back, you know, it. this is like totally ridiculous personal story, but I, I actually did that not very long ago with a guy I went to high school with. Yeah. And uh, we saw each other actually when I went to South by Southwest and he happened to be, be there. And, you know, I spent like a few hours with him and you know, we both kind of had that like weird reactions. It's like I saw you yesterday. Right. And they just do that in this movie instead of like explaining it to you or selling it to you or, you know, trying to overemphasize the point or have right. somebody actually say it or anything like that. They just kind of do it. They just stick him in with Vera Farmiga. Yeah. And they just like have a conversation. And then the next thing you know, they're making out right. and, 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 and he just goes and he's sitting on the porch with his brothers who he hasn't seen forever. And his yeah. dad starts uh, – yeah. the first thing his dad says is like jabbing him about how he parked the car. Right. And <laughs> and his brother starts talking about you know how his dad is or whatever. And it's like he never left. Right. And he just like steps That's back into team. his life. Yeah. And it's so well done. And the only thing is – that keeps me from liking this movie a little bit more is that it's so long that, like you said, it doesn't take the easy way out on things yeah. that are a lot more important, but it takes the easy way out on so many things. Right. And it's got so much time. Yeah. You know, if this was a much shorter film and they were like using these like really cheap and easy ways to sell you on the small townness, I would go, well, you know, what are we going to do? Take a lot of time for every little thing right. in our small movie? Right. Well, you can't. But right. the movie's this long, then you kind of, once you make a movie two hours and 20 minutes long, you don't get any excuses for your shortcuts. Yeah. Or for, like, the one scene where uh, they have, like, the tornado warning or whatever, yeah. they all have to run to the basement. And uh, we've got his other brother with the film thing you know he starts playing a movie because yeah. it, they, they're they on like the backup power and right. in the middle of a tornado <laughs> alert or whatever yeah so let's watch sit here and watch some home movies and that is like such a kind of like cheap and lazy whole thing as just you know kind of an excuse for dad to freak out right an excuse for uh you know d'onofrio and downey jr to have to stare at each other while they're looking at the car right. being pulled over and that whole thing is like such an easy way out of trying to do something that i'm like ah, you know that's one of those things if this was an hour and a half hour 45 minutes i might cut you some slack on right. on taking the easy road on getting that emotion out that right. you want to get out somewhere. But man, when the movie's this long and I have to watch so much of it and yeah. I have to, you know, I have to watch like Robert Downey Jr. Pulling all this crap out of his bedroom. Right. And yeah. I have to watch like all of this stuff that I don't need to watch. Yeah. <laughs> then I, then I can't let you slide on that. So. One of the things that I thought was really well done throughout the film anyway, were the, the slow reveals, like we're all going to cheer for Robert Downey Jr. anyway, because he's Iron Man. Okay, right. you know, but there is we like him and we and we like him and we want to like him. We want him, you know, to be our neighbor, that kind of that kind of charisma that he has. You know, we, we want him to invite us to barbecues and tell us these weird until, stories. Until he starts yelling at his wife and, that he's going to get divorced. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, there's this moment where I'm thinking like one of the one of the best moments for me was how they humanized Duvall's character when he gets sick and he's sick in the night. And right, Robert right. Downey Jr. comes in and you have that that very archetype moment of. The father becomes the son. The son becomes the father. Right, like right. they have to switch roles in a lot of ways. Man, that's a hard scene to watch. But he immediately becomes humanized, not because he's mortal now, not because he's you know he's got cancer, but because of the way they handle it in the tub when his kid is asking, when when right. Duval's granddaughter and Downey's daughter that, is asking to come in. That's that the that was a great, great that was a great scene that could have been could really have been really awful, schmaltzy and right? bad. And, and similarly, on the other side of the coin, I need to believe. That Robert Downey Jr. is capable of being the worst kind of guy, you know, like when he's when he's at his job, like right. the opening scene we get where he's peeing on another lawyer. Okay, I get it. That's all Iron Man anyway. Right, right. 
But when he is talking to his dad's doctor and he says, well, you know, your dad has client privileges. What are you going to do? And he goes, you want to see the worst of me? And he goes through a 30-second rant about how he will show him the devil inside right. and how he'll subpoena him and rip it out of him and you'll believe that I'm the worst human being. I got goosebumps because right. I'm like, that's the guy I need to believe is capable of being this character. And there he is. Right. And it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. That, that, was, a, that was a great things. scene. And you know what's weird about that scene, too? I believed every is, second of it. Is it was that perfect. That doctor guy had to be good. Yeah. Even for being like this tiny little supporting character, yeah. but he had to kind of be good there, and he was even he really good everything. too. Yeah, he and I know we got a couple more clips, and we're close to running out of time. I guess I'd just say before we get real close to the end, we're really pushing that there's a certain type of audience for this. It seems so weird that summer's done and we're already into this phase, but right. look, we're halfway through almost no, uh, October, getting close to November. These kind of films are going to come out. If if there's an audience for this type of film, and there are like these big films with all these ensemble characters about family drama and things. Right. This is a film that I think people are going to enjoy going to see because they're going to get what they want, a long, good story that you may never want to see again, but you're going to feel good when you see it. Right, and and it is ultimately and it's worth really it. good. And I think I think that's, you know, I don't, I don't know about those critics who gave it really low ratings. Something weird's know. going on, I, I think, with those people. But if you watch the trailer for this and you think, yeah. I might like that, yeah. you will. If you like but, Robert Downey Jr., but, you you're going to love this film. If you watch the trailer for this and go, oh my god, I don't want to, to ever right. sit through right. that, then I guess you're not going to like it. Yeah, but... if, you, if you don't like Robert Duvall or you don't know him, that might be different, because he's in it, but he's not commanding. But if you don't like Robert Downey Jr., don't, don't go to this movie. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, all the other people are in and out, in and out, but it's Maybe. him and Duvall. But, right. but anyway. Yeah, but they, they are in it a lot. But also, you know, the, I, I think the biggest thing for me, and I think the problem with it being too long because it's just too long. Yeah. I, I have to take away. It is too long, and from, I took from, away for that from too. from my total rating for that. But you know, the thing that I where I think that went wrong actually is w there there are two points at the end that we want to get to and we want to sell really hard. Yeah. And one of them is when uh, Robert Downey Jr. finally kind of like lays down the gauntlet at his dad yeah. and says. You know, this is all the shit you didn't do right. And Robert Duvall has to say, "Well, but look, you turned out okay." Look at how and, good I did. You yeah. know, they kind of like go. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of have this big thing, and we want that to work, and we want that to sell. And then at the end, the more real end, I guess, yeah. when they're in the trial, right. and Robert Downey Jr. is gonna really give it back to his dad, right. and and they're gonna have that whole thing where you know. Robert Duvall has to sell. He let the guy off for certain reasons. And then he started not loving you uh -huh. as much for other reasons or whatever. We want those things to sell. And I think the problem is that uh, making the movie, we didn't have enough confidence in the fact that we were building up to it enough right. and doing enough good stuff so that that would sell at the end. Yeah. And I think it would have been fine. Yeah, I, I, I mean, too. I think they, if it, they had it, the it actually, it, would have it actually, I think does work. Yeah. Those scenes I think are, are well done. And even to the extent that, you know, you know what Robert Duvall is going to say. Right. Yeah. And when he says it, you still believe him. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like a bit, I mean, yeah. even long before he says, you know, like the final thing, you totally know he's going to say that. Yeah. Right. I mean, you yeah. see that coming like a mile away. It's a wonder that Robert Downey Jr. doesn't like say it for him, right? But but you still believe him when he says it. I mean, it's like the, you get like this complicated. You know, being a parent is actually a bitch. And yeah, sorry, right. <laughs> you know, right. whatever. But anyway, well, and it's like what he says. It. I mean, not to ruin that scene, but when he's done with that scene, you know, Downey's just like, you know, you did all these things. You were really hard on me. He goes, "You're welcome." Uh, right. Exactly. And that's the parents' end note. Like, you're welcome. I right. get it. Look at how and, you are. And Robert Downey Jr. is really pissed, right. and he says, "You, you know, you sent me yeah, away." Right. And, and he's like, "You're welcome." Yeah. How's your house? How's your <laughs> car? <laughs> right. Right. And all right. Anyway, we got a couple of other clips we might as well get to. We got uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Um, also talking about his character, and uh, I think that you know, tell us about your character, Robert Downey Jr. Right. He's someone who. Um, mentally and physically is in his life but has just 
he is in complete flight from all the ramifications of the way he's behaved emotionally. And um, he's a pretty shut down guy. He's also very accustomed to winning and a lot of his identity has to do with his position. And just the fact that his father is a judge and he's a, a, a big kind of trial defense attorney says a lot about his position on things. And I think, you know, that's actually a pretty cool thing that also does not get hit too hard. Yeah. You know, that like his his life is, as much as his life is great, his life is a mess in a little way. Right. And um, that, for whatever reason, that just reminded me, you know, there's another really cool part, I think, in the film when uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s daughter comes to visit and everything, and then they're they're in Vincent D'Onofrio's bedroom, yeah. and he's got all those trophies and everything, and his daughter says, why didn't he take those to his house? And right. Robert Daddy Jr. says they were more important to his dad. Right. And, you know, that's like such a simple thing that could be totally goofy, too. That's yep. another example in this movie where, oh, my God, that, like, works so well. Yeah. And, yeah. and it should be cheesy and stupid, well, and, even, and yet it was cool. And even later when there's that quick moment between Duvall and Downey Jr. when they're talking, and he's – He's apologizing for, you know, taking a crap on him about his failed marriage. And there's a moment where he says, you know, I don't know what to do. What would you do? And he goes, I don't know. But then he pauses and later says, do you think you can make each other happy again? There's a moment where you see him really reflect on it. And I think, yeah, he, he might give this a try. We don't even know. Like right, the film right. ends and you don't have a clue what happens with his life right. beyond this. But you think maybe he's learned these lessons and maybe we'll try. Like, it's weird, all these things that they just throw out and that work because these guys are so awesome at what they're doing. So. Right, right. All right, we got uh, one more with uh, uh, Robert Duvall, and he's uh, at first giving you a little bit about the film and uh, then talking about his character. It's a very smart script, and it's very uh, unique and very well written and very, very, very novel. And... Uh, wonderful characters and great people to work with so it's a very uh, enticing project very difficult relationship with his son the one he underneath loves maybe a lot he loves all three but uh, he's a family oriented guy but maybe he's pretty dysfunctional too as far as helping to keep the family on track so I think that uh, his uh, complexities are shine or whatever in those areas you know the family deficiencies so forth negatives positives but uh he's a interesting man i think you know to play and you know i just have to say i i like i like that clip just because uh it's robert duvall anyway but if you're reading other reviews of this and uh, they don't like it because it's the same old thing, uh, Robert yeah. Duvall said it was unique right. and novel, right. and right. I, you know I, I might I'm on I, his side. I might listen to him yeah. on uh, certain things, and yeah. and you know especially because uh, Robert Duvall at this point is it like God, right? Yeah. I mean he doesn't have to show up for work for yeah. anything unless. No. Unless he thinks there's something interesting about doing it. So, yeah. I, I yeah. don't know. Anyway, I think if it's good enough for Robert Duvall, it's good enough it, for this it, show. Exactly. That's how it, we're behind him it's, now. Uh, yeah, it's good enough for uh, – you can't just write it off instantly yeah. by saying it's this kind of movie and therefore right. uh, it's repetitive and yeah. been done before and all that. I don't know. Anyway – um, I really liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Me too. I, I kind of thought I was going to be a little bored. So, Well, I thought we were – just as a quick thing because we do this. I thought we were really going to get the film that the trailer shows us, which yeah, doesn't look like crap. It's not but, man, really. it looks like it is what it is. And in a way it is, but, man, you get so much more. You get Yeah, you get a lot more, and there's like a lot more complexity yeah. going on in things. And yeah. uh, like I said, if you think you're going to like it, you're going to. So Yeah, uh, don't even yeah. – So I would I would get to this one. Yeah. Um, we're out of time next week. Uh, clearly going to be Fury, Fury. and yeah. uh, probably some other stuff too. Yeah. Um, if there are any things that you especially want us to get to, let us know. Right. And uh, any other questions, comments, anything like that, you can uh, email us at uh, questions at com or Mark Eastman at com or go to com and uh, go to the contact page. <laughs> 
and fill out the little form. And we'll see you next week. Please, please share, subscribe, rate us on iTunes, catch us on Stitcher. Um, there are tons of other ways. And yeah. as always, Blog Talk Radio, if you want right. to get to us live. And we will see you next week. Yeah, bye. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.